the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the SEC West betting preview. I'm stuck in joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson. This is the last of our preseason betting conference previews. If you have missed the other 10, including the SEC East, which we just recorded, make sure you check those out. I'm really excited to do this one because we have Alabama, we have Arkansas and Dan Enos, we have Texas A&M and your boy Petrino, your LSU love, uh, Ole Miss and Lane. I mean, this is just going to be Hugh Freeze in the in the mix. It's going to be an electric, electric episode. If you missed, we kind of introduced the SEC, by the way, in the start of the other episode. But Colin, you also just told me right before we started recording, you have an announcement. <laughs> Uh, which I have no idea what it's going to be. Do you want to say that now, later? Well, let's get this out of the way first. Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. That's your announcement? No, I spent 17 years living in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I spent the rest of my life before that in Northwest Arkansas, on campus, Walmart land. I moved back a month ago. I live not too far away from campus. I live on a... Pretty big name golf course. Eric Musselman was golfing in my backyard today with Ronnie Brewer, Nolan Richardson, and the rest of the team that's going to be on the court this year. Right back into the loop of everything Razorbacks from proximity, physicality, everything. The wife and I brought the teens over. We're ready for them to go to college at Arkansas. They're going to get their pre-law degrees. I even asked Kevin Trainer if I could start going to Sam Pittman and Eric Musselman's press conferences. The answer was, yeah, I'll get you set up. Wow. I am so happy to be home. Woo pig suey. This podcast is home to me. I couldn't be more fired up. Let's go. Yes, sir. Congratulations, brother. And uh, everyone cast their tickets for mentions of woo pig suey, Arkansas football, Arkansas basketball, Nolan Richardson, press conferences, all within the first five minutes of the show. I love home. But congratulations on getting him off to come visit you sometime soon. I'm very happy for you, though. It's awesome news. And yeah, it's going to be sick to get. Um, Come to Arkansas. Come to Bud Walton for Arkansas Duke. Let's just go tear it up. 94 National Championship rematch. I'm in. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt. This is producer Matt Mitchell with a very special message from our own Brett McMurphy. Hey, it's me, Brett McMurphy. I'm taking a brief pause from breaking college realignment news to tell you about Action Network's new game. What's it called? McMurphy's Coach Match. I asked all 133 college football head coaches 
to name their favorite musical artist. Instead of just listing the answers, we've got a cool game where you try to match the coach to his musical artist. So how can you play? One, go to the CFB section of the Action Network app or go to actionnetwork.com. Look for McMurphy Coach Match. Or follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore McMurphy. I will tweet out a new edition every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time through August 26th. Our staff will even pick some winners on Twitter so they can win daily prizes. So be sure to play along. Don't be like Washington State and Oregon State and get left behind. That name, one more time, McMurphy Coach Match. Back to you guys. All right, so let's get into the SEC West, which is going to be an electric, an electric episode. I'm really excited for this one. For what it's worth, we did intro the SEC, kind of the landscape, the lay of the land, if you will, at the beginning of the SEC East episode, which we didn't mention is the national title odds. Teams that are 40 to 1 or less to win the national title in the SEC are Georgia plus 225 at BetMGM, Alabama 6 to 1, LSU 12 to 1, Tennessee 35 to 1, and Texas A&M 40 to 1. As far as the SEC West odds are concerned, Alabama is the favorite to win the division at plus 105. LSU is second at plus 175, but let's start with those Crimson Tide, plus 260 to win the SEC overall. Win total over 10, minus 155. You also can find a heavily juice under 10 and a half, depending on what tickles your fancy. They draw Tennessee at home in a rematch revenge game and at Kentucky on a rare trip to Lexington from the SEC East. They will host LSU and Ole Miss, but will go to Texas A&M and Auburn. This Alabama team, I will tell you, I just tweeted this out earlier today. The last time that they lost at home by seven or more points was in 2007 to Louisiana Monroe. It's been a team that's been absolutely dominant at home under Saban. I think five losses over the past 12 years and those losses came against pretty much all Heisman Trophy winners Burrow in 2019 Johnny Manziel who else is in there you Chad Kelly they lost a 9-6 game in overtime to LSU yep. I know that game so, and then and Cam Newton that's it so Alabama's been dominant at home and that'll be tested this year because they get Ole Miss at home they get Texas at home they get LSU at home I guess I should mention Arkansas as well. Yes. And as I mentioned before, they go to Kentucky, to Auburn, to Texas A&M, to Mississippi State. And oddly enough, they go to South Florida, one of the weirdest scheduling court games of the year. This team has questions, unlike past Alabama teams, but they haven't lost more than two games, including bowls and college football playoff since 2010 when they were the defending champs. Who was the quarterback? And they lost – 2010. I'm, I'm, uh, sure I, I'm pretty sure I actually am about 90% sure it was Greg McElroy. Yeah, I was going to say McElroy. McElroy was the quarterback the year before, too. Um, and when they won the national title, right? I believe, yeah, in 2009. Yeah, McElroy. McElroy was definitely McElroy. Um, and then they lost three games that year. Um, but this team definitely has questions. This is not your typical, hey, look, this Alabama team is going to be dominant. Number one, they have two new coordinators. Tommy Reese comes over from Notre Dame. Kevin Steele, who many know from Auburn, 
uh, will come over and coach the defense. The offense, you got to start the quarterback position. Bryce Young, who I love, all world, goes to the NFL. You lose him, you lose Gibbs at running back. You lose your best defender, the third overall pick, and Will Anderson. So there's questions all over this roster, starting with the quarterback position. O-line is also still a concern. It's finally an experienced wide receiver room, but like it's not the wide receiver rooms of two to three years ago. Right. Will there ever lose be two like safeties again? They'll never have yeah. if ever will be. So yeah, you lose two safeties, the NFL and battle like that. So linebackers definitely down a notch after you lose a couple. But they obviously have loaded recruiting classes coming in. But let's start with the quarterback position where it's either going to be Jaden Milrow, redshirt freshman Ty Simpson, who seems to be the leader in the clubhouse right now, probably the one who makes the most uh, cerebral decisions from what I've read. But you also had uh, Bookner who came in, Tyler Bookner who came in from Notre Dame, notable because that's where Tommy Reese came from, making this three-way competition. Maybe you'll see some of each, uh, depending on what it is. A lot of questions on this roster. Obviously still super talented. Obviously still clearly in the national title discussion, clearly a top 10, top five at the ceiling, top three. But if they've fallen off a bit, that means like they're now going to end up in that seven to 10, you know, I'm talking of the top 10 team, six, seven, eight, nine, instead of one, two, three. And instead of winning 11, 12, maybe they only win nine to 10 games this year. What are you seeing with this Alabama team? The quarterback situation, we could spend hours on this, and I know there's a lot of other people that are spending hours on this trying to break this down. But the plain and simple fact is that they have three different options, and I think all three of them do things better than the other. Different. I mean, they're all different. None of them are the same. Generally, you want a backup quarterback to run the playbook of your starting quarterback, but we don't have that here. I saw Jalen Milrow hit an outside zone quarterback keeper and take off down the sidelines at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. And I think I've ever seen a quarterback run that fast. And I was there live in person for Johnny Manziel. Jalen Milrow has got to be the fastest quarterback in the league. But do you play him against a havoc-minded defense like LSU? No. You play him against a weak defensive front seven like Ole Miss. Ty Simpson is the most cerebral. You don't want any havoc in the game. That's who you play against LSU. So we have three different quarterbacks. And I made a tweet today. (laughs) <laughs> about carrot cake. And Saban's not going to tell us who it is. And unless somebody's filming off those high-rise apartments that overlooks the practice field, we're not going to know who it is. And it's going to be a big mislead leading up to Middle Tennessee. And I guarantee you, every single one of those quarterbacks is going to play against Middle Tennessee. But You, you know, don't want to show, show your hand before Texas the week yeah, after. We're not going to get anything about this Alabama team until they play Texas. And Saban said, it's like a carrot cake. I used to stand by Grandma Saban's oven. I look at that carrot cake. I want to eat that carrot cake. She said, it's got to sit. It's got to stay in the oven. It's not ready. And he's going to keep to that until that Texas game. Incidentally, don't ask me. I told you everything I know. I don't don't have anything else to say about it. I will say there are multiple pieces here. I don't like Tyler Buckner at all. Haven't seen enough of Ty Simpson. And Jalen Milrow can run the inside zone. He could run the RPO. Right. We don't definitely limited as a limited as a passer from extreme. Right. But they have pieces. My question comes with Tommy Reese. Nick Saban gets the media days, says Tommy Reese may be the brightest, best offensive coordinator. What else is he going to say when he comes in? My problem is is all I've seen is Tommy Reese run 
a 12 formation with Ian Book dumping off to Michael Mayer. That's all I've ever seen out of Notre Dame and, and, a, and a pretty stiff running attack. Has Saban decided that to kill some of these 3-3-5 drop eight defenses, he's going to go back to running the ball? I don't know. You've got Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burton averaging over two yards per route run on the outside. That's explosive. They have a lot of weapons everywhere. And J.C. Latham looking at me and telling me, we hear you. The whole entire offensive line, the whole entire team, here's the narrative about Alabama football, about how we're done. We hear you. They're pissed off every day. I mean, Saban, everybody is feeding this team exactly what Saban wants, the rat poison. They're going to be pissed off. Nobody wants to win more than the players that play. For all you self-absorbed folks out there that can't look past your own self and have some gratitude. The floor for this team is 10 wins. The ceiling for this team is 12. I'm not playing a win total on these guys. Mathematically, I would say you need to take the under, but it's heavily juiced, which means there's probably some value on taking the over. But at the same time, you know, just it's a depressed market against LSU. What is that, a pick? I'm not so sure that, you know, Texas is going to come in and win that game. That's a huge step up for Quinn Ewers and environment. I mean, they were at home last year. Their defensive line was all over Bryce Young. We'll see. So expected tempo decrease with Tommy Rees, although Saban did say that Tommy Rees is going to run the same offense that Alabama's already had. I expect a huge bump in rush rate. Everything that I can read, they want to establish to run, run the ball again. So I think games may go a little bit slower, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop scoring a whole bunch of points. Now, they were 123rd in penalties. I said that was a problem for Tennessee. It was a problem for Alabama. They were extremely undisciplined last year. we got to see if that rebounds. It, It was the worst, and I went back 20 years. 20 years, Alabama has never had a season that bad in penalties. Do they rebound? They should. They draw Tennessee and Kentucky from the east. A little bit of a revenge going on there with Tennessee. We'll see what time of day that Kentucky game falls. Kevin Steele comes in as defensive coordinator. You can expect 31% blitz. It's kind of aggressive. But he only got 40% success at Miami. Does that say something about Kevin Steele or does it say say something about the Miami Hurricanes defense? I don't know. Kevin Steele has not been that impressive in his tenure throughout the SEC and the other stops that he's had, but we'll see what he can do with his cover three and his nickel package. So I'm not fading them, Stuck. If they went 12-0, I wouldn't be surprised. If they went 10-2, I wouldn't be surprised. They won nine games. I'd be shocked. I don't like the pieces. But even Sark said they're big, they're huge, they're fast, they're a problem, and, and they're still a problem even with these underwhelming coordinator hires. It's still a system that hasn't changed. They haven't changed the way they're doing things. It hasn't changed the culture. They haven't changed the playbook that much on defense or offense. And Saban is very telling with Pete Golding leaving for Ole Miss. You know, and that wasn't even immediate. That was that was after Saban went off to the side and had the little room. Pete had to make a decision that was best for Pete and what he thought would advance his career. It's exactly what Saban said. It's not easy working for Saban. That's why we got coordinators coming in every one to two years, you know, as, as virtually rolling out a, a carpet for Tasha Poy. Get out of here. You know, it's not easy working for this guy, but he demands elite. I expect them to be elite. The problem is, is can Tommy Reese call an offense to get them to be explosive on the outside with Burton and Brooks? It's a huge question because Milrow can't get him the ball. I'm interested in your take. LSU, yeah, Auburn, the only teams that can beat them here, maybe Texas. That that's the path. Those are the three teams that can get. Them yeah, up. but I mean, if, but if you look at this schedule, like 
I'm not a believer in the quarterback position right now, which is just massive. It's a huge drop off from Bryce Young. Yeah. There are still questions of defense too. Obviously, there's a lot of talent, but at linebacker, safety, either one corner spot. But you know, part of the offensive line, the offensive coordinator, a lot of questions on this team. Like, and then has Saban lost his touch a little bit? Like, just we'll see. Like with the the penalties, the, the I so not to pick I, on. And if you just let me let me say something else, not to pick on him, not to pick on him, but I've been calling out Darian Dalcourt for about three years now. He's the he was one of the worst graded offensive linemen. Him and Chris Owens have been. The, the, the offensive line has been in decline two years in a row. So that is a that I mean, if you're going to pick, that's a place to pick too. It is not moved at all. It is not moved up in the stock market. And when I look at the schedule, like I'll say, you know, Middle Tennessee at home is a win. At South Florida is a win. I'll even say Tennessee at home with revenge is a win. Chattanooga at home is a win. But like, if I look at the other eight games, like, could I see them losing at home to Texas? Yes. Could I see them losing at home to Ole Miss? Yes. Like at Miss State, probably a win. But like I will think about it now because of this quarterback position. I'll mark that a win at Miss State. I'm low on Miss State. At Texas A&M, certainly could be a loss. Arkansas at home, Arkansas will probably give them a game, but we'll call it a win. LSU at home, could be a loss. At Kentucky, if they after the week after LSU, could be a tricky game. At Auburn in the finale, you know that's going to be tricky. So, like, I just went through three, four, five, six spots where I could see losses. Now, they're going to lose all of those games. But I normally would not say that within, with other Alabama teams. And that's because either the quarterback position lately has been so short up with Bryce Young, or in the past when the quarterback position wasn't, there wasn't questions on in you know multiple other spots on this roster which i think there is now they're super talented like you just from a talent perspective they're still a top five team we'll see if they can put the, put it together i'm i project them at 10.2 it's a no play for me but i do think looking at this division they win in the, the sec i'm gonna say do they win the west i'm gonna say no because i bet another team to win the west and it is not lsu who oh will, shit uh, snap for real <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll get to mine eventually. Oh. A lot of other potential teams, but we'll go to LSU next. Your beloved Tigers. Oh yeah. Tigers plus four fifty to win the SEC. Plus one seventy five to win the West. Over nine and a half minus one twenty five at MGM. They draw Florida at home and at Missouri from the SEC. East, I think they're one of two SEC teams with the same quarterback, head coach, offense coordinator, and defensive coordinator returning out of 14. Daniels is back at quarterback with five receivers who had at least 20 receptions last year, including tight end Mason Taylor. You expect the offensive line led by Will Campbell to be better. The defense does have some questions, but you get Perkins back, you get Mason Perkins, who's just a freak. He's going to be playing a new position, but which I'm sure you'll talk about. Mason Smith comes back from an ACL injury, which will help some of the D-line losses. I think secondary is probably the biggest question. They are going to be extremely reliant on the transfer portal to plug some of those holes. The offense did seem to peak at the end of last year. I'll let you, before I kind of maybe poke some holes in LSU, I'll let you kind of gush over Brian Kelly 
and the Tigers. So you're backing. I saw them in your uh, your round robin playoff. Parlay. My prediction: I didn't mind Penn State in there. I didn't mind who else did you have in there? Penn State, Texas, Texas didn't mind Texas in there. LSU, Clemson, LSU. <laughs> Clemson. Jesus, uh, no. Uh, I'm gonna say. I mean, I could see Clemson. That tweet. I'm gonna say oh, LSU ruins. So much hate. <laughs> I'm gonna say LSU ruins your round robin. I mean, other teams All could right. too, but uh, I do not see LSU as a playoff team. Yes, they were ten and four last year, but. Three and one, one possession games. You dig under the hood. It's like there was – I don't think the defense is there yet. I don't love the wide receiver the wide receiver room as much as others do. I don't know if Daniels is ready yet to take that full next step as an elite quarterback that can make all the throws accurately downfield. This is a team that you know should have lost to Auburn. We're down big to Mississippi State. Lucky win against Alabama. Should have lost to Arkansas. I mean – Arkansas had a quarterback, they would have beat them. And they they win in the bowl when Purdue just sits their entire fucking team. So I think the love for LSU has gone too far. LSU, I met some amazing people from Baton Rouge that have come to visit our bars up here. So I might be on in the doghouse to LSU fans. I know you all. You'll all right. carry our L, the, L, the passionate LSU fan part of our um, podcast. But you look at their schedule, they get Florida State in Orlando to start the year. I think they lose that game. Um, but they're at Mississippi State, League three, Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Auburn at home, Army at home, by then at Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, Texas A&M at home to close the year. Decent schedule. Uh, I'm going to say you avoid Georgia and Tennessee from the east. Final three games at home. That Florida State game is huge in terms of playoff implications because it's just going to be tough to go through. Regardless if I think they got a schedule break overall, it's going to be hard if you lose that game and then go through an entire SEC schedule without another loss, including Alabama at Alabama with revenge. And we know how dominant Alabama has been at home. But uh, what do you see with LSU? Why do you love these Tigers? Yeah, I love that you pointed out the LSU-Arkansas game last year when the Razorback ground crew decided to spray the field with water in icy conditions. That was a Cade Fortin special there. Oh, by the way, LSU did lose on a missed extra point to Florida State before, which was an unlucky lot before LSU fans jumped down my throat. Yeah. Uh, we can't play any worse than that, I don't think. I mean, it's my first game. Maybe we can. Uh, okay. I love this team. The day after the national title game, I wrote a piece for Action Network saying that my my pick for next year is 25 to 1 LSU. Obviously, that number is not there, so I'm not going to go around and sit there and say, hey, go grab that. I have not budged on this. I've thought about it every month. Oh, I think I thought about this every day. There is so much about this team that I love. And I said when Brian Kelly took the position, if you give me five years, it could be shorter than that. If you give me five years, I will bet LSU national title five times. He will win one. Maybe this is it. I don't know why he's giving out injury information. That threw me for a loop. I'd prefer you didn't. Uh, I prefer, you know, I found out on the side who's hurt. But that's going to be interesting. So there's a lot to love about this team. 70% of the offensive line snaps are back. Will Campbell might be the best left tackle in the nation. They were number one in stuff rate last year. The line was loaded with freshmen last year. Number one in stuff rate. I'll take it. You mentioned Perkins over on the defensive side of the ball. Harold Perkins was the number one pass rush graded linebacker in all of PFF. That's pass rush. He's an animal against the run. Where he had a weakness was coverage. 
what does Brian Kelly do? He goes out to Oregon State. He grabs Omar Spates, one of the best coverage backers out there. Not so much against the rush, but he is good against the pass. You know, and the other thing is, as you mentioned, this roster transformation, they had 15,000 brand new snaps, number one out of the transfer portal last year. And they still were able to go to the SEC championship game. Just the, the coaching of Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock as offensive coordinator, Matt House, who I don't know how he is still on this coaching staff and not back in the NFL. It's an elite coaching staff. They had the number six ranked national recruiting class. They were first in the transfer portal again. So I expect the same thing. Ninth and third down conversions on offense. I think we'll see it again. It could be better. Why? Because Jaden Daniels has put on 20 pounds of muscle. You want to run inside zone all day? Well, good. Your quarterback put on 20 pounds. If he gets hurt, Garrett Nussmeyer dropped, opened at 60 to one for the Heisman, dropped all the way to 20 to one in Vegas. That's a ridiculous number for a backup quarterback, but that just shows you the love for this team. So they have it on both sides of the ball. <laughs> there's there's not a crack in this team. I, I, I know that you're kind of pointing to things from last year, but I will point to the fact that it was a brand new roster with an offensive line filled with freshmen. Mason Smith and Sevion Jones are six foot six on the defensive line. Right, you're going to put a quarterback in there that's five foot eleven or shorter to try to throw over that. They're loaded, seventy nine percent on offense, sixty four percent on defense. They were twenty seventh in defensive finishing drives. That's coaching. That's players. That's Matt House, who has one of the highest success rates of creating pressure at fifty six percent when LSU decides to blitz. They are too deep, every position. This is my pick to win the SEC West. This is my pick to be Georgia in the SEC championship. Go Tigers. Completely disagree. I think this team, I think Kelly's getting it on the right direction, but, and this was a team that was a couple quarterbacks away from starting games. O'Connell, Jefferson, a couple coin flips that went their way from going seven, six last year. It wasn't the, pretty at times. That Tennessee tune, game was bad. The tune would be, uh, oh, yeah, that was, you were, I think you were on it. Oh, I was on it big time. It was the best bet of the podcast. And they came out and what, gave up three touchdowns, fumbled on every special teams play? I was, I was all over my balls. I disagree. I think you're way higher, but that's the beauty of uh, the preseason. One of us will be right on LSU. I have another team that I'm higher than the market on in the SEC West that I bet to win the SEC West. And it's not the next team, Texas A&M, so you still have to wait. Yeah, you have me Texas A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M, 14-1 to 1 to win the SEC, plus 550 to win the division. Over 8, minus 140 at Bet-MGM. They draw a road game at Tennessee, home against South Carolina from the SEC East. They do host Alabama, but go to LSU. The big news in the offseason is the hiring – of Bobby Petrino as offensive coordinator. The offense has been just an absolute disaster as far as just, you know, all these modern offenses. Texas A&M is way behind the curve. Conservative old dinosaur Jimbo offense. Hey, don't just be a f- support. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to be nasty. The hope is that Petrino will get the reins here, call a more modern scheme, and kind of unleash some of the talent that this Texas A&M team does have and continues to recruit. Last year, they finished five and seven after being preseason top 10. They did go two and five in one possession games. Five of their seven losses were by six points or less, in fairness. They do return 20 starters, 10 on each side of the ball. There's a quarterback battle, but I think Connor Wiegman will probably win it. He started four times last year. Uh, Haynes King transferred Max Johnson also in the fold. The one starter they do lose on offense is Devin H&A, the 
really good running back. Offensive line returns a lot of experience, but it was a mess last year. Can they get that together? The defense couldn't stop any running back, no matter who they were. They just got ran all over. Their pass team was great, but it didn't matter. No one would throw on them. They just run all over them, and then you lose your top defensive back in Antonio Johnson and a couple others. They're hoping the secondary gets beefed up with transfers. Special teams has a chance to be pretty special. And I Smith returns at receiver and he'll be great as a returner as well. Big return. It's a brutal road schedule. They go at Miami week two, at Tennessee, at Ole Miss, at LSU in the finale. But that's it. It's only a handful true road games because they also get Arkansas in Arlington. Their home games are against New Mexico, ULM, Auburn, Alabama, that's the big one, South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Abilene Christian. So a lot of winnable home games in front of the 12th man. Texas A&M, on paper, it's a team that, hey, look, a lot of talent. Last year they kind of underperformed, unlucky in some metrics, big offensive coordinator higher. It's on paper would be normally a bounce-back year and a team to buy on. What are your thoughts on the Aggies? I was told in the spring – the Bobby Petrino would not be calling plays. I said, that's not true. There's no way you made this higher. I mean, let's just get right into it because I could break down the offense. I could break down the defense. It doesn't matter because what is going to set Texas A&M to elite level is Bobby Petrino calling plays in his offense. You don't believe me? Go check out what Missouri State did to Arkansas last year for three quarters. Had Sam Pittman back on his heels. Had Barry Odom looking for a new job had Razorback Nation wanting to get the old broken motorcycle out and get Petrino back on it, back on the road. You want to see how to beat SEC defenses? You got the guy. And then the rumor, which it wasn't a rumor. I was told by a very credible source he's not going to call plays. I thought to myself, why in the Sam hell would Bobby Petrino take a job where he's not calling plays? I expect Max Johnson to improve big time. Max Johnson has never been behind an offensive line that hasn't protected him yet. LSU, Texas, it doesn't matter. That guy, poor kid, has never had a clean pocket. The question is, are they running pro-style Jimbo with papers floating all over the field, or are we spreading it out and going power spread? Hi, listeners. This is producer Matt here. For your reference, here is Colin asking Jimbo Fisher that question at SEC Media Days. Schematically, are we going to see the pro style under center play action or the Bobby Petrino four wide uh, power spread? Have you ever watched Bobby? Bobby's a lot of underneath play action. <laughs> no, but I'm not going to get into schematics and four wide. We do everything. The, and don't ask me, Jimbo Fisher, if I've seen Bobby Petrino call an offense. Ryan Mallett, Booby Nile Davis. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of Petrino offense in my days. Completely dodges it. The entire room stands up, and that's all they talked about for 15 minutes, was pinging him about this offense. He won't answer the question. He has told everybody in every interview, stop asking me. We're not going to tell you what we're doing. But he did let it slip out in the side room at media days that I am open to suggestion from Bobby. You're open to suggestion from one of the best offensive minds in college football? I don't care that he's an asshole or that he dismantled the Louisville program or that he flirted with Auburn. I don't give a shit about anything. This is one of the best offensive minds in the nation in FBS, and you're not going to let him have full input. I can't bet on Texas A&M until I know this, and we're not going to know it till they hit the field against Miami. I don't care about the math. I make it 7.6. It would go up a full win, maybe more if Petrino's calling plays. It'd probably go down a game if he isn't. 
because I'm not going to deal with this Jimbo offense anymore. This team can rumble in the West if Bobby Petrino is calling plays. It's a no play for me, and I'm going to have so many eyeballs watching this team, and my ears are going to be up for everything that comes out of Jimbo's mouth. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work, but we'll see. I think Fisher has too big of an ego, and it's they're, they're going to clash, and he's not going to let go of the reins of this offense, which I also agree that he should. But I ultimately don't think that he will, and this will not work. I also still have questions about the run D. I think that they miss – look at what we're seeing what's going on at Duke and the defensive improvement there with Elko. I think they really miss Elko on yep. the defensive side of the ball. And if they don't let Petrino take over the offense, now they're missing Elko. Still have questions about that run D. You know, you lose some really important guys in the secondary. I don't love who they brought in in the secondary, transfer-wise. A lot of big names with pedigree and, and starting experience, but don't love that. Now, the schedule, I think, you know, broke their way in a lot of ways. Um, I'm a little higher than you, but no play for me at eight. If you want to have some fun, though, what? Uh, bet the under and hope it all goes to shit like it did last year. One more thing. Flash, they flash by signals, but I can't. I know. I know. It, it, it's all flashing by for us. One more thing on the on the the social dynamic of the coordinators. You mentioned the defense not being able to stop the run. DJ Durkin coming in last year had never called a 425 in his life. The 425 was Elko's. Elko leaves. Durkin comes in. Durkin's never called a 425 in his life. Jimbo says, We're still running a 425, and Durkin's just going to call the 425. <laughs> Why did you hire somebody that's never run it before? So now translate that to this year. Are you expecting Bobby Petrino to come in and improve your offensive personnel, formation, schemes? And not his version of the offense. I think that's what's happening, Stuck. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah Fisher has that natty, and that's yep. I think what and he is can play at all times. That's his card. But I think that he needs to evolve a little bit. But he hasn't shown that that ability in the past. Maybe he will this year. But I agree with you. We have to see it first before we will believe it. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get it on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 
Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, let's move on in the SEC West and go to Oxford, Ole Miss 50-1. to to win the SEC 25 to one to win the division at BetMGM over seven and a half is their win total. They go to Georgia and get Vandy at home from the SEC East. This is the team I'm buying. Oh my God. The SEC West. Kidding me. Uh, not the SEC. This is sort of a play sort of like last year with Tennessee 14 to one to win the division, which had a ton of life at one point. All right. And it ended up being a historic Georgia team. Let me make my case first. I'm on the over. So I bet I, it, this is yours. This is your baby. I'm on the over. I like him, but you go. Yeah, I like the over. I bet the over too. Um, but Ole Miss, 25 to 1 to win the division. Look, Alabama has potentially taken a step back, and we don't know their quarterback situation if that's really going to work out. There's other holes on that roster that we haven't seen in years. Super talented. Still a top five team, but it could take a step back this year. LSU, you love them. I still have questions about Daniels. They were extremely fortunate last year, very close to being a seven and six team. You don't face a couple backups, a couple coin flips against Auburn, you know, Alabama, don't go your way. Who knows? It's the hype isn't there yet. I still have questions about the secondary, the wide receivers. Can Daniels be that elite quarterback? Texas AM, we talked about. Dirk, the Elko loss is big. We don't think that that Petrino is actually going to get the reins of the offense, and that's really going to hold back Texas A&M. Okay, so there's three teams at the top of that division, all with potential flaws. And then there's Ole Miss. And for what it's worth, Ole Miss hosts LSU, and they host Texas A&M, and they go to Alabama. So they're home for two of those three. Now, they're at Georgia, and as far as their win total is concerned, we, I said I went under eleven and a half on Georgia. I think I think Georgia's going to get to win the division, get to the SEC title, lose one game. If Ole Miss steals that game, if that's the one game, and they have the offense that could potentially do it, that's the sleepy spot. And that could be the first offense, the real offense that Georgia plays all year, for what it's worth. Um, if they steal that game, then that affords. Then by the way, I don't think they'll beat Georgia a second time, which is why I like the division. So I could see them beating Georgia in the regular season, no chance in the SC title, but that would help their case to win the division. But I just think there's too much value with this offense. They actually have returning production, and I love – one of the reasons why that I love this Ole Miss team is I love the transfers that they brought in. It's like every transfer that I loved that went into the portal, you know, even if it's second-tier guys, Ole Miss got them. You love Spencer. I love the defensive uh, – I, I, for depth, yeah. Uh, Jackson Dart has to take that next step for this, but, you know, in the second year, full year – in Lane Kiffin's system, um, I think he will. And I've read and heard nothing but good things. We'll see um, if he'll end up proving it. Defensive coordinator hire. First of all, I love some of the transfers they brought in. Depth isn't great, but they were running a Mickey Mouse clown show scheme um, on defense before. That's not going to be the case this year. I think they needed actually some structure on that defense. But they actually have returning production. And you know Kiffin – just crushed the portal. And I think Alabama, LSU, and 
Texas A&M are potentially, not saying they are, but they're potentially flawed. And I'm a little lower on those teams at C, the cracks where Ole Miss can take advantage. They host two of those three teams. And there might be a little bit more chaos in the West than some are thinking where like two wins and then it comes down to tiebreakers and those home games could matter. I'm buying Kiffin. I'm buying a defensive improvement. It's not going to be great, but just schematically, and I like some of the guys they brought in, I'm buying Ole Miss at 25 to one to win the division. Call me crazy. I'm not. I make it 8.5. I like the over seven and a half. Um, Quinshawn Judkins created 82 missed tackles last year. He's impossible, right? Him and Raheem Sanders are just impossible. Uh, you're loaded at the quarterback position. You have 87% of your offensive line snaps returning. Schedule 130 of- plus starts coming back uh, on the other line. 130 plus starts. You want to switch over to the defensive side? I actually do have positives to talk about. 76% of your experience comes back on the defensive side of the ball. You were 10th in defending rush explosives. Now, you were talking about Mickey Mouse defense. That's right. It was protect explosives at all costs. So we'll see if Pete Golding is going to be aggressive. He, he was 32% blitz throughout his career calling defenses for Alabama. He had 48% success. That's about mid-range in FBS. But yeah, it's going to be a change, and I think it's going to be for the better. 8.5 wins is no joke with this schedule. I mean, you have you drew Georgia from the East. <laughs> that, that That's no fun. Um, I, I think Bama and Georgia are the teams that I mathematically place out of range as a win. That doesn't mean they can't win them. That just means they're double-digit underdogs. Other than that, small dog to LSU. I have Ole Miss as a favorite against Tulane, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Auburn. And games against Georgia Tech, Vandy, ULM, Mercer. Kind of a bye week type treatment. I love the over in this. I think they can yeah, make some- Yeah, I mean, look. I- they got to grab one stuck, though. They got to grab one of the big boys. Yep. But that's an easy. Yeah, they can, I see because the I. Yeah, but I also like. Look, they get LSU and Texas A&M at home. I like getting going to Alabama early, with their yeah. quarterback questions before they get it sorted out. Um, like if I if I was going to choose where that game is, uh, on the schedule, that's where I would want it. Um, and. Look, I think they're going to play a lot more 3-4 than 4-2-5, and I love all their linebacker transfers. They just wanted to prevent explosives. Pete Golding, the last three years at Alabama, number one, I think, every year in preventing explosive plays while trying to create more havoc, which is what they need to do. They just need to, in these big games, they need to create negative plays and get some turnovers and then let their offense cook. You know that Kiffin is going to have this offense cooking all year. So, yeah, I think that there's value. I am on the over with you, and I sprinkled on the 25-1 to one that win the division. I think they have to win two of three at Alabama, LSU at home, Texas A&M at home. They have to win two of those three and then maybe win at Georgia, but they might not need to because I think that there's going to be a little bit more chaos in the West than some think. So yeah, give me 25 to one to win the division. I've been against the rebels for the last couple of years. I'm with them this year. By the way, the best part about this bet, yeah, 25 to one. We'll know by the end of September. It's <laughs> uh, at Alabama and LSU in back-to-back weeks. We're doing the Vegas steak dinner. Loser September 30th. All right. Yep. That's in. We're in on steak dinner on that game. I got the Rebs. You got the Tigers. All right. Let's move on. The Arkansas Razorbacks. 100 to 1 to win the SEC. 40 to 1 to win the SEC West. Win total over 6.5 minus 150. 
at BetMGM. They draw a road game at Florida and a home game against Missouri from the SEC East. KJ Jefferson back. Great running back room. Questions at wide receiver. Yeah. Questions on the offensive line. Do we trust Pittman no matter what, though, there? Questions at tight end. I, you know, you lose your top four receivers. A lot of turnover on the offensive line. New defensive coordinator as well. So the question for you, Dan Enos, offensive coordinator. Travis Williams, the, de- the new defensive coordinator. And Sam Pittman with this rebuilt offensive line. Can Arkansas improve on a seven and six year last year? Keep in mind, they were 0-3 when KJ was sidelined. What do you think of this Razorback team who does have a pretty easy non-con to get things started? And they get Missouri and Florida from the east, but they start with Western Carolina, Kent State, who might be worse than Western Carolina. FIU. BYU at home, and then FIU at home. (laughs) uh, Sandwiched between Auburn and Missouri at home. So good finish, good, good start. It's the middle. You, you got to go six and zero. Oh. I mean, to feel really good about going over six and a half because your middle, at least five and one. Your middle is at LSU, Texas A and M in Auburn in Arlington, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, <laughs> Mississippi State at home after that hard horrible stretch, and Mississippi State's off of a bye to boot. Yeah. And then you get a buy. Then you're at Florida. That is which I don't the think hardest has ever won at Florida ever. Yeah, that's the hardest six game stretch of college football, folks. Um, so we schedule is just like all right. Let's get things started. We should do that well, and then if we can survive, we have a nice cush, soft landing. But can they survive that middle? We're not Dan Enos, guys. No, the time has come. What are your thoughts on your hogs? Woo pig suey. Absolute dumpster fire, dumpster fire. I don't know how we win a game the rest of the year. Just blow the program up. Give us a death sentence. Collins talking Razorback football. No, I uh, am blocked by Dan Enos on Twitter. I've never personally said anything about him. I try to stay as professional as possible on my Twitter. I always have. I think it's because of our Action Network social team put a video together (laughs) of me calling Dan Enos out on a podcast. I guess he got wind of that and I got blocked back in 2018. And I believe it's because Arkansas lost to Toledo at home and Dan Enos could not beat a Toledo team he used to coach against when he was in Central Michigan. I do not like Dan Enos as a coach. His tenure at the end of Arkansas was bad. His tenure at Alabama was worse. It had Saban running around the locker room saying, where the fuck is Dan? Because Dan packed his stuff and went to Miami, which didn't go well either. Then Dan ends up on what? Maryland? I mean, this guy, you and I, I said this before, you and I have had this job for six years. Dan Enos has had six jobs since you and I have been doing this. (laughs) So was I happy about the hire? No, I knew it was going to happen, though, because Pittman never threw Kendall Browse under the bus last year, but the play calling was not what Pittman wanted. It's not what I want. It's not what any of us wanted. Uh, Some of the decision-making with KJ, and KJ was frustrated, too. The the play calling was not good. So we knew a new offensive coordinator was coming in. When he picked Dan Enos, I was pretty upset about it. But then I went and remembered that Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach for offensive coordinator Dan Enos on the 2015 Arkansas Razorback offense. 
that off to enter the spin zone. <laughs> that offense with Brandon Allen and Alex Collins, Buda Collins, finished second in SP plus. That offense was a powder keg. And I think Pittman made an easy decision saying, I've had a lot of success with Danny Enos before. Let's get the spread coast in here. Inside, outside zone with KJ. We got the best center in the SEC. Let's roll. Outside of Brady Latham over at left guard, the rest of the offensive line is a question mark. Low on experience. So that... Yeah, so do you are you trusting Pittman? That's his specialty. That right. he'll get this together? Or are there too many questions where... I do trust trust it because the offense last year lost Traylon Burks. They never identified Hazelwood. They never identified anybody on the outside that could be a target for KJ. And they still made the offense work because Rocket Sanders is an absolute animal now weighing 242 pounds. Yeah, he's listed 225. He came in at 242. Rocket Sanders is going to mow over everybody. And that's the offense. That's the entire offense. KJ looked super slim at media days. So you're right. There's no targets, but there were no targets last year either. And they struggled. But the real problem last year was the defense. And there's a lot of things going on in the defense. I'm not sure how much I should talk about here. There were some issues on Dixon Street. There was an arrest that I think the Fayetteville police got. I think they overstepped their boundaries with what they did to Slusher. I think it caused a little bit of riff in the locker room. And that's why you saw that secondary all hit the portal. That's why you saw a mass exit of defensive players. They didn't want them in the locker room. Didn't match with what they wanted to do. New defensive coordinator comes in. I got to media days. I got to ask Pittman about Travis Williams coming in because Travis Williams is crazy. He calls an unbelievable amount of blitz when he was at Central Florida for Gus Malzahn. I projected him 7.2. I'm not saying I believe in Dan Enos, but the chemistry between Dan Enos and Sam Pittman did earn them with a Fable high school quarterback, the second best offense in SP plus in 2015. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt Pittman is 22 and 12 against the spread. He makes us all money. Go Hogs. Projected 7.2. I'm over six and a half. I'm over seven plus money. Eight is the ceiling for me, but I really think that I just don't see a path to them getting to six. Seven wins, either pushes or cashes tickets. Let's go. All right. Heard it here first. Over on Arkansas. Let's move on to Auburn or Eagle. 66 to 1 to win the SEC, 30 to 1 to win the SEC West. Win total sitting at over six and a half, minus 125 at BetMGM. They draw a home game against Georgia and a road game against Vanderbilt from the SEC East. The big news down at Auburn Hugh Freeze, the turnaround artist, has arrived to turn this program around, which I think he will do eventually. I think that they're going to become more competitive. And that's going to lead to better recruiting classes. That's going to fix some of the trenches that we see from the past regimes that the residual effect that, you know, that you looked at some of the linemen that Auburn's been getting over the past couple of years, like two, three stars. Hugh Freeze, I think he's going to turn this program. It's all he's ever done this year might be a tougher, taller ask. I think I heard you hint on the last podcast that you love this Auburn team. They have a quarterback battle going on, mainly because Peyton Thorne transferred in there from Michigan State after the spring. Probably thought he had a chance to potentially start and also saw potentially how bad things could get at Michigan State. A new defensive coordinator, Ron Roberts, comes in from Baylor. New offensive coordinator comes in with Hugh Freeze. That's Phil Montgomery from Tulsa. 
think you see a spread RPO system. Already have a top 20 recruiting class in here. Do you trust Peyton Thorne? If not, Robbie Ashford, can he actually throw the ball? He should be a good fit for this offense just with his mobility. They're loaded at running back even after losing Bigsby. Offensive line needs to be better. At least they're a year older, bottom upperclassmen. Wide receiver, also a big unknown. So there's certainly some questions on this team. What do you see with Auburn, who obviously has a tough schedule? You got you know, home games against Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. That's tough when you have those games at home. Then you're at Texas A&M. You're at Arkansas. You do start with UMass in a very winnable game at Cal before another win at home against Sanford. You also have New Mexico State towards the end of the year at home. So really should be 4-0. You know, at Cal maybe is kind of tricky, but I'm very – we're both down on Cal. You should be 4-0 non-con. You're at Vandy, you know, you're at Arkansas. So a lot of these teams that you maybe could beat are on the road, and then these tough teams are all at home. And they've been great at home last year. They were a disaster on the road, which makes it tough. What do you see with Auburn? Over six and a half minus 125. Did you know this is the best coach in the SEC? So where that's coming from is there was an interview that Lane Kiffin cut on SEC Network last year. It didn't get a lot of pub. It didn't get a lot of play. Somebody asked about who is the best game day coach in college football. And he immediately said, it's Hugh Freeze. He said, nobody is more prepared on game day as a, as a coach, as a manager of the roster, as halftime adjustments, as Hugh Freeze. That's a big statement from Lane Kiffin. So when he got this job, immediately it flashed in my brain well, he just brought a Liberty defense to Arkansas and beat Arkansas. And he's bringing that entire staff. Josh Aldridge was a defensive coordinator. Now he's over as a position coach because Hugh Freeze decided to go out and get Ron Roberts, who has been with Dave Aranda for the last three years. Poor Ron Roberts got fired because I think Aranda had to have a sacrificial lamb after the defense that Baylor had last year. The defensive staff produced miracles at Liberty with what they were able to do. And now they're all here. They get 70% of the defense back. Uh, all these numbers. I'm not going to point to stats from last year the, under the Brian Harson era. They're terrible. They're god-awful for the talent that was on this team. But this coaching staff has proven that they can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Now, I'm switching to the offense, offensive side of the ball, where Jarquez Hunter was the seventh-highest elusive running back per PFF. The offensive line? completely bolstered by transfers from Tulsa. Well, how did they get transfers from Tulsa on the offensive line? Because Philip Montgomery is now the offensive coordinator. And if you look into his background, he was the quarterback coach for RG3. Now he gets Robbie Ashford. You better well bet you when they run a run RPO, Robbie Ashford's going to be in there doing some damage. When they run a run under center, play action pass, hit someone deep. We've seen Peyton Thorne hit, you know, Naylor and Reed 50 yards down the field. He can drop a dime. So you have two quarterbacks who do two different things better than I would say the Alabama quarterbacks that we talked about earlier on this podcast. I mean, would you take Ashford over Milrow? I would from a havoc allowed perspective. Coaching staff, I believe in 100% on both sides of the ball. Quarterback room, I believe in. Jarquez Hunter, I believe in. 80% of their tackles and stops return from an experience perspective. Their recruiting is on fire. 
I make the number 7.9. The win totals came out. Wow. The the win totals came out on the day of the Kentucky Derby. My poor wife. I said, bye. She goes, where are you going? It's Saturday. We're going to hang out. Said, no, we're not. I'm driving up to Kansas. I have to make legal bets and I have to go to Kansas to get it. Because I got a few dimes down on the Auburn over. So over six, yes. It's not there anymore. Over six and a half, yes. Over seven, yes. I stopped buying at seven and a half. It's not there. You can get over six and a half. You get an alternate seven. I'm a big believer in Auburn. Win total perspective, they're not. I don't know if they can beat Georgia and Alabama. They could beat Alabama in the last game of the year in the Iron Bowl. Anything can happen in that game. But they're going to beat UMass, Cal, Sanford, Vandy, and New Mexico State. That's five wins. No questions asked. They're going to be a small favorite to Mississippi State. We haven't got there yet but I'm going to count that as a win at six. Then I just need one as a small underdog to Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. I like my chances. Why? Because if I get to six wins, I can hedge out of it. That's why I drove up and put a whole bunch of dimes on them during the Kentucky Derby. I believe in this team from a coaching perspective and a roster perspective or Eagle. All right, there you have it. Over on Auburn's pass for me, but I don't hate – your argument. I'm curious to see how the quarterback position shakes out. You know, if there's one guy I can figure it out, it is Freeze. The last team in the SEC West to get to, and it's the last team of the college football betting preview, Mississippi State. We will finish up in Cowbell Town. 100 to 1 to win the SEC, 50 to 1 to win the SEC West. Over six flat. They draw Kentucky at home and at South Carolina from the SEC East. They do, I believe, let me pull up their, their schedule here. They host Alabama. They host LSU. And they host Ole Miss. That's not great. They do have a, I love the Miss State home field advantage, but those are three of the toughest teams in the SEC, and you're hosting them all, which means your road games, which you want to pick up wins in the SEC, are at South Carolina, at Arkansas, at Auburn, at Texas A&M. They do have a reasonable, very reasonable non-con. They're at home against Southeast Louisiana, home against Arizona, home against Western Michigan, who's dreadful, and then home against Southern Miss late in the year before they host Ole Miss in the finale Egg Bowl. I have questions about this team. Um, there's a new offense coordinator. First of all, RIP Mike Leach, the legend, my favorite coach of all time. It's going to be a new offensive scheme here. You'll have like more balance. You have a good offensive line here with 113 starts coming back, four starters, but it's another scheme change. Like, um, Will Rogers, another scheme change. It's gonna be more of like a balanced attack, I assume, under Barbe. I have major secondary questions yes. after losing Forbes and company. I think that's really gonna hurt. So, yeah, they are one of only seven schools with a 13-plus-year bowl streak. That, I think, might be in question this year. I think their absolute ceiling is six wins. This is an under that I really like. I'm usually a Miss State buyer, was last year. After a 9-4 and four year last year, things broke their way to some regression candidate. But with all of the change... I'm selling Mississippi State. Give me the under here, six and a half or six. One hundred percent, you're correct. I wanted to wait till I got to media days to see Zach Arnett handle the podium. This conference is full of alpha head coaches, the best in the nation. 
I'm just going to say the only thought that came to my brain was he's not ready for this. Offensive coordinator hire of Kevin Barbe is coming from Appalachian State. Before that, he was at Central Michigan. He averages a 56% run rate. That is a massive jump from 32% under Mike Leach. So we have an offensive line unproven that's going to go through blocking change schemes. I am not a fan of changing how the offensive line blocks this drastic. And this is how after Will Rogers and this offensive line had, had basically like mastered the previous scheme. Yeah. The defense, which is Zach Arnett's specialty, massive pass breakup and pressures loss, almost all of them, 10% returns. I don't think I've seen that number that low on any team in college football. Can the defense recover? I would say no. Portal, 48th in portal ranking. The defense needs help in the secondary, and you didn't grab anybody. The offense is a new scheme, and you didn't bring anybody in. Mike Wright comes in from Vandy. I guess he's going to get an RPO package behind Will Rogers. Like, when is he going to play? He's not going to run the Will. Whatever Will Rogers is running is not going to be what Mike Wright is running from Vanderbilt. That didn't make any sense to me. This defense completely fell off the grid last year. They finished 123rd in pass rush. That's supposed to be Zach Arnett's specialty. I don't agree with anything that's going on here, Stop. I'm taking under on the six and a half. Mathematically, I make it six. I think it. I think it's going to end up lower. Yep, I agree. All right, that'll do it for us. But before we get out of here, we have one final three and out of the college football conference betting previews. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. So let's start with... First down, it's our favorite over or future. Con, I'll let you start. I'm going to do two overs real quick. I'm going to say Auburn and Arkansas, both on the over on their win total. I like the hires that both teams have made. Head coaching perspective from Auburn. They have the pieces in place that Brian Harson just didn't know how to use. Take the over with them. And then with Arkansas, listen, it's pretty easy. K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. And their center, Bo Limmer, who squats 700 pounds, is going to run over a ton of defenses. I project them at 7.2. They have a new aggressive defensive style. It's going to give up explosive plays, but they're going to have a lot of sacks and a lot of tackles for loss. I like the over on both of those teams, Auburn and Arkansas. All right, I'll give you a little something a little spicier. I'll give you Ole Miss 25 to 1 to win the division. I see some potential cracks at the top of this division, not as high on LSU as you. Alabama could take a step back, especially if their quarterback situation isn't sorted out. Who could take advantage? Ole Miss. You know the offense is going to be great. I actually think the defense could take a step up. There is value in Ole Miss, not only in over of their win total, but a little sprinkle 25 to 1 to win the division. Let's go lane. All right, let's move on to second down, and that's our favorite under of the SEC West, Kong, kick things off. I think you and I are going to agree, but give me Mississippi State on the under, under six and a half. I would even take an under six if you can find some juice, some some positive juice there. Yeah, I just don't think, look, it's an easy non-conference schedule, but I don't like the way that the conference schedule broke. You're playing all the toughest teams at home and your winnable games are on paper or on the road. I don't like the way the schedule broke. I think the absolute ceiling for this team is six wins. I think they finally do finish in the basement with all this change. I agree with you on under Mississippi State. All right. That was as fun as I thought it was going to be. Really fun episode. That'll conclude our college football conference betting previews for 2023. If you haven't already checked out the previous 10, make sure you do 11 in total. We will have a 
you know, Heisman episode coming up here before week zero. We'll kind of recap some of our favorite futures and win totals. And then before you know it, we'll be previewing the week zero slate and then the week one slate. And then we will be officially in the midst of the grind. Colin, thanks for joining live from Las Vegas. It's time for us to go find some last minute winners and grind away the rest of the summer. If you're listening, make sure you enjoy those final weeks before we do start that grind. But appreciate all of you. Appreciate our audio and video producers on the back end. If you haven't already, please leave a five-star review. We'll do a ton of giveaways before week zero. If you have already, and you can, grab someone else's phone and leave one. I don't care what you say. Any five-star review will get you in the running for giveaways, which we'll do a ton of. And as always, unsubscribe, subscribe. Unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. You know the drill. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsor, BetMGM. And we will catch you all soon. Cheers. Peace out. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.